0: Jingle jingle, motherfuckers.
1: so do you have any notes because you know i don't i started listening to a new
0: podcast oh was it the xena podcast no oh, okay. i was going to but i was like you know i just want to listen to something funny and i've been hearing about this podcast a lot mm-hmm. it's called my dad wrote a porn oh my god so i started listening to it and i listened to podcasts at work so I'm sitting there at work and I'm just crying, just tears streaming down my face because I'm trying so hard not to laugh. <laughs> it, it's so bad. Like, it's so amazing, but it's so bad. It's awful.
1: I'm gonna, I'm adding that to my list. Yes. <laughs> okay. Well, speaking of podcast, you reminded me I started a podcast listening to one that is called Hello from the Magic Cavern. It's why a story does it
0: sound familiar?
1: Well, it's a story-based podcast like Welcome to Night Vale. Mm-hmm. And basically this guy falls through some sort of wormhole in a Burger King parking lot. Oh yeah. Yeah. Maybe and- that's
0: why it sounds familiar, probably. Hmm. Cuz I myself have found fa- No, I'm kidding. Just- <laughs>
1: Well, I haven't gotten really far into it because I I mean, you would think I'd have more time for podcasts, but I kind of don't. It's only 20 20 minutes per episode. I don't assume you have time for anything. I I don't know how you have time to take a shower. But it's like a little 20 minute podcast. And on the first episode, I can't tell if he brought in multiple voice actors or not. But there's this one guy who's supposed to be this wizard that just keeps going off on a tangent about this quest that he has to do. And he just, the the person who's like the main character, he's like, okay, just calm down. We'll get back to you. <laughs> By the end of the, the first episode, they still hadn't gotten to him about his quest. All right. Yeah. So I'm going to have to keep listening purely because I want to know what his quest is. And that's what I have. Hmm. Yes. Let me think if I have anything else. Oh yeah, this is the Christmas episode, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Making sure. So it's Christmas. Merry, Merry Christmas. Hey, I'm Rachel. That's Grace. I'm Grace. That's Rachel. <laughs> well, welcome <laughs> to our podcast. We are myths and misfortunes. Yes, we're a paranormal
0: and true crime podcast.
1: And each week we try to pick somewhere else in the world. Somewhere else in somewhere the world. Somewhere else in the world, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Cause Somewhere different. <laughs> and sometimes not. Sometimes somewhere different. Sometimes we keep coming back to the same state. It happens. The
0: world's big.
1: The, yes. And, well, basically we base our stories in the area that we pick. Welcome to our special... I was gonna say Thanksgiving episode.
0: Merry Christmas, or as I said earlier, jingle jingle, motherfuckers. <laughs>
1: so, the sources for our history today are history.com, Britannica.com, WhyChristmas.com.
0: Why Christmas? Why?
1: Wikipedia.com, Independent.co.uk livescience.com, and mentalfloss.com.
0: That's a lot of sources.
1: Yes, Christmas. As almost everyone knows, Christmas is celebrated on December 25th and is typically
0: seen as the birth of Jesus Christ. Yes, yes. While the exact date of his birth isn't really known, it's theorized that Mary was told that she was pregnant on March 25th and, you know, nine months later, boom, baby Jesus, eight pounds, six ounces, <laughs> laying in the manger. Okay. <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay. Christmas
1: wasn't celebrated as his birth by early Christians because they believe that celebrating birthdays was a pagan tradition. So, you know,
0: very highly frowned upon. Before Christmas was generally accepted as the birth of Christ, there were three other days that were thought to be his actual birthday. March 29th, January 6th, and sometime in June. (laughs) The June date is
1: actually considered to be the most likely date of his birth for him because the nativity was supposed to have happened sometime during the census taking.
0: Uh, It wasn't until 250 years later that Pope Gregory gave St. Augustine the job of converting the heathen Brits to Christianity.
1: Since Christmas was already being celebrated on December 25th, this gave St. Augustine an advantage because there were already several other winter
0: holidays being celebrated by these heathens. (laughs) Yeah, in Scandinavia, the Norse celebrate Yule from December 21st through January In recognition of the return of the sun, fathers and sons would bring home large logs, which would be set on fire, and a feast would be held until the log burned out, which could last as long as 12 days. The Norse believed that each spark from the fire represented a new pig or calf that would be born during the coming year. So, as a little side
1: note before I continue with the history, during the winter months is also when the beer and wine had finished fermenting and was ready to be drunk yeah yeah that's the tradition of drinking during the holidays began so also in germany they honored the god odin however they were super terrified of them it was believed that he made nighttime flights through the sky in order to observe his worshippers. it was then that he would decide who would prosper and who would perish that year this kind of ties (laughs) into Santa and his flying reindeer, judging who's naughty and nice. I just thought that was funny. Perish.
0: Perish. Um. (laughs) Who's gonna live? Who's gonna die? In Rome, they celebrated Saturnalia in honor of the god of agriculture, Saturn. It began in the week leading up to the winter solstice and continued for a full month, It was a hedonistic time with food and drink, and the normal Roman order was turned upside down. For a month, slaves would be the masters, and peasants would be in charge of the city.
1: The wealthy even distributed gifts to the poor. That actually brings us to the best-known gift-giver of the season, Saint Nicholas, also known as Santa Claus, Saint Nick, Kris Kringle, Father Christmas, Pierre Noel, and honestly, he has so many different names from so many different places in the world. St. Nicholas was the patron saint of sailors, merchants, archers, repentant thieves, prostitutes, children, brewers, pawnbrokers, and students in various cities and countries all around Europe.
0: He does it all. Yeah, he's a
1: real renaissance man. How does he do it? (laughs) (laughs) He had a habit of secret gift-giving, which was the basis for the figure of Santa Claus. There's actually a tradition of hanging socks in order for Santa to leave you presents.
0: There are a lot of other traditions, too, like writing letters to Santa, leaving out milk and
1: cookies. We actually used to throw out reindeer food, too, which was just, you know, oatmeal and glitter. Mm. But when we would try to throw it on the roof, it inevitably would always
0: land in our front yard. And while we're talking about being outside, one popular tradition is driving around to look at all the Christmas lights and decorations in people's yards. Sometimes you got to go to the rich neighborhoods, though. Well, some cities do put up lights and
1: decorations and parks and along their streets and whatnot.
0: Yeah, like here we have the lights under Louisville, which like they put up Christmas lights and lighted displays in the mega cavern and you can drive through it and sometimes it's super pretty.
1: Well, they're also doing the lights in
0: Iroquois Park and that's basically the same thing. Speaking of lights, do you prefer white or multicolor lights on your Christmas tree?
1: Well, honestly, it depends on the vibe that you're going for. We have a really super pretty tree at home that just has beautiful glass ornaments on it, and the glass ornaments just kind of twinkle better when it's white lights, but then we have the family tree that has everything on it. I mean, everything. You know, it's got stuffed animals. It's got the little kid stuff. Um, The old, like,
0: stuff you make when, like, elementary school and stuff.
1: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know, the the hand that was turned into the Santa face. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but... And that just looks better with multicolored lights. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, try putting white lights on there. It just kind of looks boring. A little, I guess.
0: Yeah. So, what what about you? Uh, I'm not totally sure. I think I like the white lights, but the multicolored ones are so pretty when they're outside. So, white inside, multicolored outside.
1: Okay, so the consists of... Consensus is both. It just depends on where
0: you're putting our lights. And, you know, if your lights are on, sometimes carolers like to drop by super unannounced. Dude, I wish caroling happened more. As annoying
1: as I'm sure it can be, it's nice to think of people walking around and singing just for the pure
0: enjoyment of it. Yeah, but I don't like to feel pressured to listen to it and watch people sing. I cry when people sing. I don't like. Th- I don't like to watch The Voice. I know. Uh, so, like, imagine me standing on my doorstep sobbing while people wish me a Merry <laughs> Christmas through song.
1: Okay, thank but you so much. You're beautiful. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that the rule of thumb is if you don't have your lights on, then they don't sing to you. And also, if you don't open the door. They'll just kind of go on to the next house. So just, you know, ignore them if they start
0: singing to you. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) Some other common traditions include things like drinking eggnog, hanging mistletoe, and making gingerbread houses.
1: Yeah, we like to make cookies and, like, banana bread for all of our family and friends. We also love watching Christmas movies. Mm -hmm. Hallmark is a must this time (laughs) of the year. Also, ugly sweaters. They've gotten so
0: popular recently. Yes. And uh, last but not least, present. Speaking of, speaking of. Oh, it's present. Oh, present this dad. is going to be difficult. I like how it's got a little tag that says <laughs> grace. That's not even a real tag. That's it's the just tiniest a, tag it's a I've a ever seen in my life. Note. It's a po- that is a post-note. Okay. It's a ballot. This is going to be hard. Hold on. Yes. Oh, I taped it too. And I gotta cut it open. Other side. But yes. (laughs)
1: Scissors. (laughs) Jesus. Ow. Are you okay? I really should have okay, hold on. Sorry to make it so difficult. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my gosh, shit. Just break it. It's okay.
0: Alright, take this. I'm gonna hurt myself. Yeah, please don't hurt yourself. <sighs> oh my god, what did you grab this? <laughs> ah! turned up a little bit <laughs> okay all right is this No. uh uh-huh. look grab that box I okay, open it open it oh my god <laughs> really it's <laughs> i mean <laughs> so <laughs> okay guys
1: we got each other exact same microphones for
0: Christmas. (laughs) I I mean, we had it saved, so it was just like, we both need new microphones. We keep having issues.
1: (laughs) In case you haven't noticed, it's been constant issues with our microphones.
0: Yeah, we probably should have gone for expensive straight up. Merry Christmas! Yeah. Merry Christmas! Okay. Jeez. Oh, do you want to set those up now? Yeah. To wait? Okay,
1: guys, we'll be right back. We're going to try these out. Oh,
0: yeah.
1: Let me... Is it going to stay?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm just waiting oh, for man. it. Oh, man. This has been a fucking Ugh. wreck. This.
1: Okay. Well, <sighs> we had good intentions. And unfortunately, neither of the
0: microphones actually work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they were both broken. We both got defective models. Um, so we're sending
1: it back for return, and if the returns come back and don't work, we are going to get different, get completely models. different <laughs> models. <laughs> Ugh. Okay. Okay. So I'm going next.
0: Yes, you're going yes. first.
1: Okay. Yeah. For this holiday season. My story is about Krampus
0: and
1: Jolly Old St. Nicholas's Alternate Companions. It is said that St. Nicholas and his companions go hand in hand. They are yin and yang, polar opposites of the season. So my sources are Wikipedia, mentalfloss.com, allthatisinteresting.com, history.com, (laughs) historythings.com. AncientOrigins.net, Insider.com, Smithsonian.com, NationalGeographic.com.
0: Jesus, what didn't you use?
1: AustrianAdaption.com and BuzzFeed Unsolved. Krampus is who I'm really going to focus on, though. So Krampus' name is derived from the Germanic word krampen, which means claw. (laughs) I'm a crampin' every month. (laughs) Ah. He is said to be the son of the goddess Hel from Norse mythology. Hel presides over Hel. Hel. Sweet. (laughs) Go figure on that one. That's my kind (laughs) of (laughs) woman. Well, she's also the daughter of Loki. Mm. So, I mean, some of the characteristics of Krampish just kind of make a little bit of sense knowing that he is the grandson of Loki. Oh. He is usually characterized as having horns, black hair, cloven hooves, bloodshot eyes, fangs, and a tongue that hangs halfway down his chest.
0: Oh, it's Ozzy. Gotcha.
1: <laughs> he, uh, <whoop. laughs> My next note. I'm not real sure why about the tongue, but, you know, to each their own. He is also commonly seen wearing chains, and he has bells tied around his waist. On many Austrian greeting cards, you can find Krampus depicted with one hoof and one human foot. Human. (laughs) Human. (laughs) Human.
0: Oh, (laughs) jeez.
1: And one human foot. I have no idea why... And apparently no one else does either. Oh. It's just artist, artistic license, whatever. And in some depictions, he looks like Pan from Greek mythology. Oh, cool. The legend of Krampus is generally told in regions such as Austria, Germany, Slovenia, Hungary, Bavaria, Croatia, and the Czech Republic. Hmm. While St. Nicholas or Santa Claus brings gifts to good boys and girls... Krampus comes to punish
0: the children who misbehave. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, I just punch them right in the face. I don't give a shit about your kids. I can write
1: to... <laughs> The history of Krampus is thought to date back all the way to pre Christian Alpine traditions. In fact, for hundreds of years, the people of Austria and many other pagan centric countries would hold an ancient festival known as Perchton. Yes. In order to drive out the spirits or devils of the winter. In early December, people would dress in devilish costumes. What's that face?
0: That's exactly what my story is.
1: (laughs) Well, I'm just summing it up. (laughs) It's okay. I've got more. Okay. People would dress in devilish costumes horns, fur, evil scary masks, and everything, in order to parade through the village and drive out bad souls. So, obviously, since you did your regi- research, I don't have to tell you how wonderfully made these costumes are.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: So, <sighs> I'm just going to skip that part since you're going to touch on it. do So, this is just basically where his appearance supposedly is drawn from. However, the chains that are so commonly seen rattling on him are thought to be a Christian doing. It is believed that the chains were added to his appearance by Christians in an attempt to invoke the binding of the devil. The pagan festival also has inspired another festival dedicated solely to Krampus called Krampusloff which is held on the evening of December 5th, which is known as Krampus Knot. As one source put it, Krampus Knot is a holiday that feels much more like Halloween than it does Christmas. Men will dress as the feared Krampus creature and drink a lot of alcohol and then run through the streets, terrifying children. <laughs> That's so fucked up. Yeah, I think I can kind of equate this to a haunted house where people all la- are allowed to jump
0: out and scare you. And I don't even, like that. And even touch you. If you can jump out and scare me, that's fine. But if you touch, touch me, you. yeah, I'll flip out. I don't yeah.
1: like that. Yeah, well, and that's what these are. Got they're they're going. I saw one picture where this guy in like full Krampus garb is just like picking up a kid and carrying him away, and the kid is just bawling. Yeah, no. Yeah, no thanks. <clears throat> Since about the eighteen hundreds. Krampus greeting cards have been a thing. These feature Krampus doing all sorts of his trademark stuff, showing up to houses of naughty children carrying bundles of birch sticks, which he then used to beat them. (laughs) In some instances, he gifts the parents of particularly naughty children gold-painted birch sticks. Wow. In which they hung on the wall... All year round, in order to promote good behavior from their children. Jesus, that's fucked. He's also despic- despicted. Despicable, <laughs> I agree. He's also depicted stuffing children into the basket that he carries on his back, in which then he brings them to hell for a year, apparently. And he then, you know, beats them, or he's eating them, or torturing them. However... I couldn't find whether or not the beaten and tortured kids were returned home or not. Oh, okay. So, I'm assuming yes. Otherwise, how would we know that they went to hell for a year? But, you know. Okay. Another one of the things so som- so commonly seen on the Krampus greeting cards is that of Krampus wooing the women. Mm. Mm. It's apparently quite a catch. Between... <laughs> Between 1934 and 1938, Krampus was seen as a symbol of sin to fascists in Austria, at which point the government then banned Krampus parades (laughs) and dances and vowed to arrest him whenever they saw him. They mandated that all St. Nicholas's should be licensed by the city. Similarly, but not quite to that extreme, in 1953, the head of a kindergarten system in Vienna published a pamphlet calling Krampus an evil man and warned parents that celebrating him would scar their children for life. I mean, they're not totally
0: wrong yeah, there. they weren't totally wrong there, like, at all. I feel like if I saw some crazy, creepy guy just in a costume like that come after me with a bunch of, like, sticks Birch they're sticks. trying to beat me with, oh, yeah. yeah, I'd be pretty traumatized.
1: Oh, yeah. This sort of leads us to the present. they are is not a whole lot on what Krampus was prior to Christian involvement. But what we do know is truly by word of mouth and what people have written down from that. So not a lot. Yeah. The only reason Krampus was likely pulled into the Christian traditions is because he was such a heavy influence on the pagans of Europe. And Christians, in order to try and convert the pagans, were like, Oh, hey, yeah. He's with us, too. He's with this guy called St. Nicholas. (laughs) Ha, 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 ha. St. Nicholas, as most Christians know, is later dubbed Santa Claus. Santa Claus. Santa Claus. St. Nicholas is the patron saint of children. Oh, yeah. That's what I should have written for the history. (laughs) He visits children once a year in December and brings good children presents and leaves bad children with either coal or nothing. Throughout history he's reportedly seen with several companions who are his opposites, much like Krampus, just less devilish. <laughs> In German Folklore folklore, folklore, <laughs> Folk of your, uh. In German folklore connect Rubright, and that is the correct saying. <laughs> <laughs> go, 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 go. Connect Roo Bright is a man with a long beard Wearing fur or covered in peach straw All right. He would sometimes carry a long staff And a bag of ashes And wore little bells in his clothes So, kind of hard to miss when this guy just is coming to yeah. see you Jingle,
0: jingle, jingle, just, jingle, 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 jingle Yeah, he just I hate that you have that
1: <laughs> <laughs> As the legend goes Connect Roo Bright asks children if they can recite their prayers. Mm. If they can and do for him, they get apples, nuts, and gingerbread. If they do not, he beats them with their bag of ashes. Cool. And in a more modern version, he gives them coals, sticks, and stones.
0: And... I feel like Rachel could survive this. I would not. Yeah, you would not. No. <laughs> I Well, I know one prayer... <laughs> Hey, I feel like that might be enough. But, okay. For, yeah, that this one is definitely enough. She can at least exercise a demon. Yeah. Don't
1: speak much Latin, though. He is also known to leave children a stick in their shoe rather than candy fruits or nuts, as in the German tradition. You know, if they're bad. Right. In the more gruesome version, children are summoned to perform for St. Nick and connect Roopright, in order to prove that they had been good. Those who performed badly were beaten. <laughs> wow. And those who performed well were given
0: gifts or k- treats. I thought you were about to say gift certificates. <laughs> I was like, uh. Mm. Well, if they p- performed really
1: bad or were really bad children that year, they would put into a sack to be taken away and eaten later. Or tossed into the river. (laughs) Just
0: tossed into the river. tossed Uh, into the river.
1: Another Germanic companion of St. Nicholas is Belsnickel.
0: Belsnickel. That's cute.
1: Yeah. Belsnickel is the combination of Krampus and Gennett right? appearance-wise. Oh. He wears fur that covers his entire body, and he sometimes wears a mask that has a super long tongue. He apparently is another scary creature that visits children at Christmas and delivers socks or shoes full of candy to good children or colon switches to bad children. These, these, I mean, they all kind of do the same thing, which is why i am just lumped them together. They all do
0: the same thing.
1: They all do the same thing. They all beat children. Yeah, they all beat children. They all eat children. And our last companion is beat. Zwarte Piet translates to Black Peter or Black Pete. He did not appear as a companion until about 1850 in a book by Jan Schenigman. Zwarte Piet is depicted as a servant of Saint Nicholas who has dark skin and is a converted Muslim from Spain. He was traditionally the one who was punishing bad children and would beat them with a birch rod or by taking them back to Spain with him. However, come the 20th century, he became a friendly character.
0: <laughs> so. Uh, he had a good redemption
1: arc, I guess. <laughs> yeah, he had a good redemption arc. But, I mean, okay, that's that's all I got. That's all you got? That's, those are the companions of St. Nicholas. Unfortunately, all the sources that I used did not have a lot of information at all. And if it did, it was all repetitive information. Yeah, yeah i feel that yeah yep, yep, um, yep, 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 yep,
0: yep. well that brings me to my story Please i did Perchta. Perchta. yes Perchta. all right so my sources are totallythebomb.com. <laughs> totally <laughs> uh, the thestoriedimaginarium.com, burrows of the the storied tour.com Stephen morris author.com thank you Stephen morris Yes, thank you Stephen Morris. All right. Um not to be confused, never. Mind. <laughs> uh All right. So, Jacob Grimm popularized the legend of Perchta. Of um, course he did. She isn't as well known as Krampus these days, but she's this like Christmas time goddess witch spirit lady. It's super cool. Well, that's uh, only because Krampus has a movie now. Yeah. She's got like a million names for some reason. <laughs> There's Frau Perchta, Percht Birchta, Bertha, Holda, Hall, or Hall's sister. And uh, she's also been called Spinst spin or Spinning Room Lady. <laughs> um, <laughs> <Spitting> <laughs> her room folklore lady. It, yeah, her folklore is native to Austria, especially 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 (laughs) Especially Salzburg and the Alpine regions like Krampus, but she's in a lot of folklore all over that area in Baden Swabia, Switzerland, and Slovenian regions. She's called Frau Fast, which is the Lady of Ember Days, or Pitta, (laughs) Pitta. (laughs) or okay, Vaternica, yes, in Slovene. Elsewhere she was known as Posterli, Quatemberka, and Fraun Fostenweber. Fostenweber? Fraun Fostenweber. Fostenweber, great. So the name Frau Birchta was popularized by the brothers Grimm, right? So Birchta, their Germanic goddess of abundance, uh, was demonized by the Catholic Church and referred to as a witch. <laughs> yeah. Perchta was a like a benevolent spirit at first, Uh and um, in Germanic paganism, she was a minor deity. Yeah, Um, that changed to an enchanted creature or spirit or elf in Old High German. Later, she was given a more malevolent, malevolent character, uh, like a sorceress or witch. Later, she's most active most active during the twelve days of Christmas, so like between Christmas and Epiphany, Uh which I don't know if you know what though it is. I'll get into it. Okay. Um, one of those names from before, Hall, I think that's how you say it, Hall 8, Hall, yeah. It's a winter goddess whose name means shining or bright, hence her association with epiphany, uh, which is the shining night on which the star of Bethlehem shone down. Mm-hmm. It's also a feast day on January 6th with Krampus. Yeah. Sorry. So, its origins are a little bit confusing from what I found. I don't know. It started out like other Christian holidays, holidays like, aka pagan. Yeah. Um, so, a pagan feast of the sun god was already celebrated in Egypt for the winter solstice on the 6th of January, which was, I mean, times kind of changed. Like, yeah. literal dates have changed. Yeah. yeah. Um, And on the Previous night, the pagans of Alexandria commemorated the birth of their god, Aeon, supposedly born of a virgin. Oh. They also believed that on this night, the waters of the rivers, especially the Nile, acquired miraculous powers and even turned into wine. Ooh. Yeah, so later it turned into a celebration of the birth of Jesus and then the miracle of Cana, which is when Jesus turned water into wine. Then it became the Christian feast. Yeah. In Pennsylvania Dutch tradition, Birchda is considered to be a major deity, particularly during the Yuletide celebrations of
1: <laughs> oh.
0: Elfterdag, which is the eleventh day and the twelfth night, uh, which I cannot pronounce. I'm not going to try. Both of these celebrations fall on the current calendar date of December 31st, which Grimm cites as her traditional feast day. Feast, feast. feast day. So. The name of the observance in the Pennsylvania Dutch, Mm -hmm. or maybe that's not Pennsylvania Dutch. The name of the observance is Berchtesloff. Yeah. Owls are seen as her sacred animal, and the association between Berchtesloff and owls also leads to the belief that owls are her messengers and that the presence of owls by the home can be warnings of danger or death.
1: Yes. Well, that's nice. I know. So nice.
0: The association may also be related to the owl moon sign, commonly falling around Yuletide on the old German lunar zodiac. The owl sign is the ninth new moon after the vernal equinox. That means anything to you? Good on you. (laughs) (laughs) So back to Perched Up. She's often depicted with a beaked nose made of iron. Yes, uh, she has a swan's foot, which is just an enlarged foot, which, according to Jacob Grimm, indicated that she might be a shapeshifter. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Uh, She also has a hideous face, dressed in rags, carrying a cane, and generally resembles an old decrepit crone. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but she carries a long knife hidden under her skirt, so, like, don't fuck with her. You ah, know? yeah. She can protect herself. Oh, she can do more than that. <laughs> uh, like Krampus, she's portrayed as wearing a basket on her back with legs of bad children she'd snatched. But unlike Krampus, she had a taste for violence that went well beyond children. So, like, <laughs> double don't fuck with her. Oh, so she,
1: she enjoyed the occasional, you know villain every once in a while
0: every once in a while, you'll see on the flip side, she's also said to resemble the Scandinavian goddess Frigga who's beautiful and they both have to do with like spinning and domestic Mm -hmm. neatness so she seems to have kind of like a dual nature um, like super opposite sides of the spectrum she rewards the generous and punishes the lazy liars and the greedy, her primary victims though are those who work on Epiphany
1: Mm.
0: She hates it when people work on Epiphany, but you can't be lazy the rest of the year. Well, yeah. So, she roams the midwinter nights, making sure people follow her traditions. Along with not working, she expects people to eat a meal of fish and gruel. Every day? No, just on on Epiphany. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I was just like, why? (laughs) You also have to hang out with the rest of the community. Like... You have to celebrate her. Like the day. Oh.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, it's no different than other holidays.
0: Yeah, but like if you don't, there are repercussions. Oh, uh, okay. She especially dislikes dishonest children. Same. Yeah, so like I said, she'll reward the good children, punish the bad. She also punishes women for unkempt houses and unspun flax. That's ah, bullshit. I know, right? On the twelfth night, if she deems you unworthy, or if you forget to leave out a bowl of porridge for her, which is customary, um, or if your flax is half-spun and unfinished, she slits open your abdomen, pulls out your intestines, and replaces them with either straw, garbage, or even rocks.
1: Oh, cool. So you become a
0: scarecrow. She's a sweet lady.
1: Oh, very sweet.
0: Yeah. Oh, and those fibbing children, they would have their tongues scraped with glass. I know, she's not all bad though If you're good, she was happy to reward those hard-working souls with a small silver coin
1: (laughs) Oh, I would just love to have a small silver coin for being good all year long and never
0: lying a day in my life. <laughs> but she also rewarded the worthy with uh, gifts and blessings. Um, there's this book called The Golden Bough, A Study in Magic and Religion. It says, good children who spin diligently and learn their lessons, she rewards with nuts and sugar plums. Hmm. And she makes the um, plowed land fruitful and causes the cattle to thrive. Okay. So, that's good. Um, all right. So one scholar, Julius Schmidt, in 1889 recorded that shepherds believed that if they brought her flax in the summer, then she blessed their flocks. And if a family left her the remains of their supper on the twelfth night, she would come to the home as a wizened old woman and eat and bestow blessings, bestow blessings on the household.
1: <laughs> oh, that's sweet of her.
0: Yeah. Oh, so this part I love this. Some legends say that Frau Perchta leads the Wild Hunt.
1: hmm
0: Do you know what the Wild Hunt is? Jog my memory because my brain doesn't want to work. I've got this um, planned, like, an episode mm-hmm. where I'm going to do the Wild Hunt, so I won't go too into it. Okay. Um, basically, she flies to the night sky attended by an army of lost souls, which include the demonic-looking Perchten. Okay. Yes, um, which are her army of servants who are almost like visually indistinguishable from Krampus. Yes, yes, yes. Um, the only way for sure, like you- Krampus rides, like you said, with uh, Saint Nicholas. Saint Nicholas. Um, while the Perchten, like, and they're on like Christmas Eve, mm-hmm. but the Perchten are more on like Epiphany and the last three days before Christmas also known as birchstall knights or knocking knights.
1: Mmm, fun fun. Yes. Burn.
0: Oh yeah, also among her army are the souls of unbaptized children.
1: How many can walk? Because now I'm just imagining like all these unbaptized babies. I think it's just
0: spirit wise. I don't think they can actually like, I think they float.
1: So we just have a bunch of floating babies just...
0: Yeah, but Ah, she can control them. And twirling. Jesus. (laughs) So legend has it, if you hear the wind and thunder roaring and rumbling through the mountains on the birchnal nights, you'll you're really hearing the sounds of Perchta leading the wild hunt. Um, there's one story I found her about her and the Persian It was the owner of this home had a room prepared for Perchta and the Perchton to stay the night, and one of the farm hands hearing of huh a
1: single room for her yeah. and her whole army
0: yeah. One of the farmhands heard about how beautiful she was supposed to be. This was before they demonized her, I guess? I don't know. Probably. I don't know. And he wanted to see her, so he hid in the stove in her room, which, like, what? Hiding in the stove, sure.
1: Yeah. I'm just gonna flip the stove on.
0: But when Perchta entered the room, she saw the stove, and she instructed one of her followers to plug the hole in the side, and that was what he was using to see out of, so since it was blocked... couldn't see anything and he had to stay in there the whole night in the morning after her and the spirits left he left the stove and realized that he was blind yeah nice the the next year he hid in the stove again and when she came into the room she told one of her followers to unplug the hole in the stove and the next morning his sight was restored Okay. Yes. In the 16th century, the Perchten took two forms. Some are beautiful and bright, known as the Schonperchten? Shon beautiful Perchten. Yeah. They came during the Twelve Nights and the festivals to bring luck and wealth to the people. And the other form is the Scheich Perchten, the Shish <laughs> Shish Safari, which is the ugly Perchten. Yeah who have the fangs, tusks and horse tails that are used to drive out demons and ghosts. Men and boys dressed up with masks with horns and they wore animal hides and they were ringing bells and carrying the switches, really creepy faces. Yes. Yeah, they're <laughs> um, really creepy faces. Like you said earlier to they went from house to house to drive out the bad spirits, like you said. And a lot of Americans are familiar with the Perchton, but they don't realize it. Because a lot of those Krampus parade videos are actually... Perchton
1: parade Perchton videos. lofts.
0: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so basically since they're so similar to Krampus, people don't even Get know them. the difference. Yeah. And like, people who post the videos of those just make the confusion <laughs> worse by mislaving them as Krampus mm-hmm. lo- lofts laugh. Today, the Perchton are still still part of a traditional part of Salzburg and Austrian holidays and festivals known as the Carnival Fest Notched. Okay. Sure. Uh, there was also a mysterious cult. Grimm wrote about Perchton's cult centered in southern Germany near the Black Forest through the Alps of Switzerland into Austria in the Czech Republic, Slovakia, and into France and northern Italy before the rise of the church. Yeah. No one really knows how its rituals were held in it or anything, but it said that one ritual related to the wild hunt, her worshippers became possessed by the dead, and in some cases by Perchta herself, and the followers would leave food and drink for her and her followers in exchange for wealth and abundance. And the cult of Perchta was condemned in Bavaria in 1468 when Christianity started becoming more and more popular. popular. And that's my story on Perch stuff <laughs> I loved it. <laughs> it was uh, really interesting to look up. Yeah. And you, God, you found so much more than I did. It was
1: hard. I looked I, at a bunch of stuff. And Oh, yeah. I yeah. didn't even list like half the
0: websites I looked at because I didn't use anything. Yeah, I was like, oh, every, every website said the same thing. I just happened to find a couple of like... I think there was that one book mm-hmm. that I said in that there was something else, but,
1: yeah. Yeah. Well, and like I said, I mean, there, I mean, there's nothing on Krampus. And I didn't want to go based on the movie because the movie is, I mean, it's not Krampus.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it might but be late Krampus. But I think Krampus, Krampus is kind of cool, though, because there are, like, like, parades that go on, like, even here. There was a Krampus contest um, yes. just a couple of weeks ago.
1: Yes. It's, um... Usually they hold them on December 5th. Yeah. So it's when they do the the Krampus parades. And typically the night
0: following is when St. Nicholas and Krampus Mm -hmm. come. And yeah. Fun. After this, I'll show you a picture because it looks super fucked up after you do all that. Yeah.
1: All right. (laughs) Thanks so much for listening. We super appreciate it. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Myths and Misfortunes or Twitter at MythsMisfortune. Or you can just search for us using the full name, Myths and Misfortune. We pop up. You can also send us an
0: email to misfortunes at gmail.com. Our music was composed by McKean Fulbright, and our art was created by Heather Murray Atkins. Their websites can be found in the description below. Please don't forget to rate, review, subscribe. Just listen would be nice. Please. And Merry Christmas or Happy Hanukkah, whatever you celebrate. Thanks. Bye. Bye.